The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about you, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This is Girls Talk Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw Dating preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys and broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. prepared for that i liked that jasmine with the vibe for us (laughs) Uh, welcome into girls talk boys talk brought to you by jigsaw dating the preferred dating app of the dallas cowboys uh as we talk about mixing it up our intro as we get into the christmas spirit around here (laughs) man offensively dak prescott we've got nine starts now 11 picks mixing up the communication with his wide receiver see where i was going there ladies uh there's obviously been a lot of talk about this on some of the national shows. LaShawn McCoy uh, using an interesting superlative to describe Dak Prescott, which I don't know about you, Haley, Jess. We've all worked uh, in local news. I don't think I'd be allowed to just go on there with a declarative statement saying that any player was this or that, particularly a former player. You know, most yeah. former players say they always want to be treated fairly by the media. And here you are now a member of the media just going on there, and like I said, used uh, an interesting word to describe Dak's play. But let's talk about Dak's play, right? Last week we talked about these picks, and they feel like they're coming in bunches right now. He says each pick tells a story. Mm-hmm. And while some of these interceptions are 1,000% on Dak Prescott, a lot of them aren't. And some of this has to do, I think, with the, the play of the offensive line. They're mixing some things up. But on that uh, that pick at the end of the game, you saw players get hands on Dak. Uh, when we look at some of the tipped passes, what was it in the Houston Texans game? There was an absurd amount uh, of tipped passes in that one. And so, yeah. ladies, are you at all concerned about the interceptions? Because, Haley, you were there in the scrum. I think, Jess, you were outside with us as well. I like the fact that he said not to brag. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. But I'm mentally tough. And that. he's not going yeah. to change what he's doing based on what everyone else is saying or the fact that the stat box is giving us an indication that this has been a challenging year for him. Yeah, I I just admire Dak's ability to get up and, you know, listen to what everybody has to say about him all the time and to just time and time again, you know, perform. And you look at the numbers, we could go back and forth all day and look at the things that he's good at and we could tell you what he's good at and he'll show you what he's good at. And what we talked about yesterday was he's damned if he does, damned if he doesn't. And so... I admire that the most about Dak Prescott, and I love, too, the accountability that he takes. You know, he, he'll he own up to some of the interceptions that he's, that he's thrown, you know. Some of them, you know, he'll say, hey, like, yeah, that was on me. I shouldn't have made this decision here. But I, I think what's hard about the quarterback position, among other things, is that when something goes wrong, you're the person yeah. that everybody goes to for the blame. So it doesn't matter. And that's why I love the Lash- the LaShawn McCoy conversation. Dak said, like, I didn't even pay attention to that after the first 15 seconds because <laughs> it's clear that he's not watching the tape because he's not. On that first interception, his arm is very clearly hit, mm-hmm. right? So it's hard to throw anything when your arm is being hit. And then the second one, obviously, Noah explained to us yesterday, you know, exactly what happened. 
And so I just always admire his ability to take the criticism and then to not only take it, but to explain from his perspective why he is going to continue to play the way he is. And I, I think other people have to recognize too, like, He's not playing with like an all-star wide receiver cast. Yeah. What is it? Uh, you know what I mean? It was uh, Clarence Hill who I thought had a good line. He says it's CD and the maybes. Yeah. And I can't quite understand why Michael Gallup hasn't gotten more involved in the game plan. In fact, I went and looked at some of his numbers. This is the fifth time, and I'm talking about including Sunday, that since his ACL injury that he's had two or fewer receptions in a game. Like mm-hmm. when I looked at the stat box, five other players total saw more tar- targets Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard saw more out of the backfield. And when I caught up with Michael Gallup today in the locker room, he talked about, I'm healthy. I feel like I've been open. But, you know, like Dak, when I asked him about it, says, you know, I'm going through my reads and it's whoever is there. And I think this all brings us back to when Amari Cooper was here, there was a lot of attention drawn off all these other guys that allowed guys to have big years. But when I'm just looking at a stat line and considering the contract they gave him this this season, it's always tough, I think, when you get a contract because then Mm -hmm. there's like a big old target on your back. But he's only had 31 receptions, 339 yards, and three touchdowns. That's not a number two guy's stat line. Well, yeah, well, yeah, and that's and with Michael Gallup, um, we we've talked about him getting back in a rhythm. It's probably going to take time. But the times that you have seen him be successful, you have to look at what they were doing uh, schematically to get him going. So that's just slants, quick stuff, just get him involved because the deep progressive things downfield and stuff like that especially with your pass protection it's not there as much anymore right now in this moment like the Cowboys aren't just throwing the ball deep consistently and so and with Michael Gallup that's a lot of the things he does well now we've definitely heard people comment on if if Michael Gallup was more suited being the sideline guy being the boundary guy big play guy to have that third and 10 that went to Noah Brown but the ball was there so with also with Dak going through his progressions I'm just I, I, with Michael Gallup, I also too think that a lot of these DBs are being very physical with him at the top of routes. And even in this game in particular, there were a lot of push offs and stuff. He's got to fight through all of this. And I know it's easier said than done, but I'm waiting to see him also to him being that physical player that's not afraid to go grab the ball and things like that. So he needs, they have to figure out a way to get him going to instill confidence in him early in games like they have before. I also think schematically, it's confusing right now for the guys. Who's what guy at this point? You know, mm. CD's your wide receiver one. Okay, then what? What What is everybody else doing? And that wide receiver room keeps growing and growing, but growing with T.Y. Hilton. Okay, how are you going to fit in when really the rest of that room isn't quite established to what they're keying in on right now? And I think there's a lot of confusion within that wide receiver room to know exactly what their roles are at the moment. And... It's interesting to see it play out, but um, going back to the Dak conversation, because I wrote down right here uh, when we were out there talking to him uh, on that, uh, he's very mentally tough. I really loved that he, Clarence asked him, you know, Mike McCarthy mentioned that he wanted you to keep firing. And he said, well, Mike McCarthy doesn't even have to ask me to do that. There's been no conversation Mm -hmm. about that because he doesn't have to ask me. And so, you know, I think when you have guys that take accountability and um, specifically Dak Prescott, who has the scrutiny on his name being the Dallas Cowboys quarterback. I mean, what Dallas Cowboys quarterback has not had that. But I think what I really appreciated about Dak was he's so even keeled through it all. Um, But I, what I hope to see more of is him staying true to who he wants to be as a player right now. So if it's aggressive, stay that. If it's a little more conservative, stay that. I, what I don't want to see going into this game uh, and really going into the rest of the season, going uh, postseason now 
I don't want to see them trying to get too cute, as as I, I hate talking, saying that word. I was you know? talking about that in the last show, though, and yeah. I that question that I asked the guys was one of the things I kept hearing internally in this building uh, last year was look at this team in the postseason, and I was getting reference to the Rams or the 49ers. They get the ball in playmakers' hands. And if you look at the Rams-Cooper Cup, it's Debo Samuel. Uh, When you think of the 49ers, not right now, obviously uh, they've got Christian McCaffrey and some of the other guys. But when I look at this team, I'm like, who's the guy? The guy is supposed to be CeeDee Lamb. Mm -hmm. Your number two guy should be Michael Gallup. Then you should be getting the ball to Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard but I feel like sometimes the play calling, I mean, we had like, what, six receivers, uh, which is good to mm-hmm. spread the ball around. But I don't know if that's always worked out for them. And so my argument is, should they be feeding the ball to the guy? You know, like I'm looking at Minnesota. They've got Justin Jefferson. I just don't feel like they feed the ball to the guy as much as they should have. And maybe that's where some of this, I don't yeah. know if you've heard this from some of the guys in the locker room, but just feeling this sense of what is our role because they are subbing in a lot of different wide receivers and stuff this year. I just feel like they aren't sticking to what their identity was when it was working, which is you establish your run game, lean on Tony and uh, Zeke to get that going, and then be in your spot, make your plays. It doesn't have to be more complex than that. I think at this point it's there's been some kind of turnaround to figuring out schematically who they are, what that new identity is, and that's okay but everyone has to be on the same page to execute that. You can't just throw it out there and expect everyone to know without making a clear plan of, hey, let's try this. If it doesn't work, let's take a step back. It's just I wonder schematically if if that's the issue right now. And yet we're talking about a team that put up 34 points. Yeah, that's, yeah. You know, that, that's where it's like it's yeah, so that's... frustrating, I think, sometimes when you talk about this office. I, I think the reason why I bring – and I was defending this argument to Clarence on Media Mash. The reason why you're bringing it up is if you're going to start having problems with your secondary – heading into the postseason, and this defense isn't as potent as it's been this year, your offense has to be. And so, especially in those big game moments at the end of the game, you need guys that are going to make the catch. And, you know, credit to Noah Brown for owning that. We've all had off days when it's when we're supposed to have a big moment. You know, I I think sometimes, you know, as women, we cover the game. Yes, it's all about being fair and objective, but I think there's a level of empathy maybe some of us have. Yeah, I say that all the time. Because, (laughs) yeah. Who amongst us shows up to our job day in and day out and performs 10 out of 10, right? So everyone's going to have an off day. I think the issue is the concern with some of the trends, I think, is what we're talking about here. Well, yeah, and and I we talked about yesterday, you know, in regard to T.Y., in regard to, like, just hearing him talk and his confidence and his eagerness to get back on the field, and you need that. Um, right now, even looking at that last play, teams are not only – dedicating to stop CD, they're also like, Dalton Schultz not going to do it to me either. Mm -hmm. And so I'm looking at when you start, the tight ends weren't really involved a whole bunch in this past game besides Peyton Hendershot um, getting that uh, wheel route TD. And so moving forward, also, if you're not going to get it from the receivers, you're missing it right now from your tight end group because that's kind of been a not a Band-Aid, but it's definitely made up for – the fact that, you know, the receiver core is uh, up and down right now. And I truly feel like like we talked about the numbers. We have 12, 12 personnel, all that stuff has kind of gone away with Jake Ferguson being injured. Well, you know, dealing with what he's dealing with. And then also um, 
them just trying to figure out what they're going to be doing in the passing game. So that's something I'm looking for moving forward is uh, the tight end production to be better. And you didn't have Dalton Schultz the last time Philly you played Philly. So mm -hmm. maybe he gives you a boost. That's a great well, point. This will be a good week for the Cowboys, I think, to go back to what you're saying, Jess, establish the run. They're 19th against it. Uh, but when we look at their passing D, number one in the league. So it could be another challenging week, but I think that's why we're going to see a guy like T.Y. Hilton. Because what do you say? If you, if you think you're going to run – and do press man you are against me, mistaken. you are sadly mistaken. Yeah. And I sort of love that about <laughs> him. He's like, man, it. I'm getting off my couch and I'm getting off the sidelines of my kids' games. I've been spending 10 hours a day on this playbook. It's time to use me. And I sort of love the mentality. If you've noticed, we haven't talked about OBJ. For what? I maintain that that thing's not happening. Uh, Jerry definitely walked that thing back. Because remember he said if they uh, won the game against Jacksonville, basically he was getting signed and we were going to be talking about him this week. That ship has sailed. So you've got to do with what you've got, what you've got right now, and that is essentially T.Y. Hilton, Michael Gallup, Ceedee Lamb, and then we'll see if we get. And again, I'm not knocking Noah Brown. Big fan of Noah's. Uh, a lot of this more consistent production from this wide receivers room, and look at all. It's Dax involved. Everyone's got a role in it. So yeah. uh, it's a team sport. All right. When we come back, I love that uh, you were in the locker room today, Jess, and I actually didn't even think about this. You brought up an interesting nugget. I'm going to spoil it because I know you've got it for past interference. But uh, R.J. Ochoa from Blowing the Boys, give him a little bit of love, made the interesting uh, observation that since 2019, the Cowboys or the Eagles have not played their starting QB, and that's wild to me. Cooper Rush has an interesting perspective about that as it relates to Gardner Minshew, although I still tend to think that Jalen Hurts is playing in this game. I don't know about you guys. Uh, but we'll talk about that on the other side of this break as we take our first one. This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk, brought to you by Jigsaw Dating, the official dating app of the Dallas Cowboys. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation so you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today. Dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. All right, Pepsi-loving football fans, it's time we had a lesson in trash talk. And I'm not talking about that stuff that happens on the field. What I'm talking about is trash, and it's the only thing that belongs in your garbage can. Now, recycling might not be as thrilling as converting a fourth and long, but next time you're thinking about throwing that Pepsi Zero Sugar bottle away, just cap it back up and pretend you're down by six with the recycling bin wide open. <sighs> know the difference? Make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit PepsiTrashTalk.com to learn more. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And they snap it to Prescott, who looks right. It's not there. He escapes left. He'll run for a first down. Just like football, when it comes to crypto, it's important to have a team you can trust. With Blockchain.com, I know I'm in good hands. Since 2011, they've been trusted by millions around the world to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrency. Prescott's going to run this himself. Run it up the middle, and he scores. Whether you're new to crypto or an active trader, they've got you covered. What are you waiting for? Get started at Blockchain.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? 
Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Welcome back to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, brought to you by Jigsaw Dating, the official dating app of the Dallas Cowboys. But first, Jess. And although the weather may be cold, get the hottest gifts in the game for the ultimate Cowboys fan. From jerseys to gift cards, the Dallas Cowboys Pro Shop has you covered. Stop by the nearest store to log on to shop at DallasCowboys.com, a fanatics experience, and score a holiday shopping winning touchdown. I love all those puns. Oh, I wow. added in about the cold weather. It, just, oh, it felt right. It felt right. I Is this where we golf clap? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate Jazzy it. Jazzy will play it in a second. <laughs> now she's going to be like, help wah, it. Wah, wah. Yeah. Uh, All right. So, Jess, you were in the locker room today and decided to go talk to Cooper Rush. Mm-hmm. Why? So, when I was sitting here looking at this quarterback controversy, and I don't even want to call it a controversy, the conversation between Jalen Hurts, Gardner Minshew, it sounded a little familiar, right? A veteran quarterback who goes down, and then you have a veteran backup quarterback who's coming in that the wel- the locker room welcomes and respects. Hmm, where does that sound familiar? Uh, the Cowboys going back to uh, the DAC injury. So, when I was sitting here thinking about it, I thought, well, who would have the better perspective of, you know, Gardner Menchu stepping up, especially right now, um, during the scrum of it, right? Uh, you have your, your playoff berth. Everything is pretty much set at this point. But I thought Cooper Rush would have an interesting perspective in the locker room. So, I went up to talk to him. And it was a really interesting and an insightful conversation because – I just wanted to ask him, you know, what about Gardner Minshew's preparation is going to help him the most? And he said his experience. Being a veteran helps him a lot. And so uh, Cooper Rush said that in his experience, when it comes to not getting reps for a backup quarterback, you get it when you can. And those are your reps that you use, whether it's that week or two weeks ago, that that's what you use to go forward. And so something he said um, that helped him specifically when his number was called was when Dak was banged up when he was dinged up uh you know maybe sitting out a couple reps that's when he would go in so he said you know I I expect Gardner's going to get those reps um this week that maybe Jalen would get or what have you um but he said that something I never thought about I guess but um typically when teams try to get a backup quarterback they get somebody whose uh, play style is very similar to their starting quarterback so um I asked him is RPO going to be impacted do you think if Gardner Menchu comes in and he said well I, I think it's kind of watered down and those are my words but in a sense he said basically watered down he can still make plays outside the pocket so you can't count him out for that but uh schematically things aren't going to change too much and so getting his insight was just really helpful looking at this Eagles team because everybody was very quick to count them out as soon as Jalen Hurts you know the injury news really came out I don't think so I think Gardner Minshew is going to put up a an equal fight maybe not as equal but it's not going to be uh, it's not going to be hurtful to Philadelphia in this I, I agree I don't think it's going to be as lopsided and I think it's going to Micah Parsons when he talked about is it system or Jalen Hurts there's so many weapons around Gardner Minshew when you consider the play of their offensive line, when you consider some of his weapons like A.J. Brown. Of course, you got Miles Sanders if you want to keep it on the ground. Uh, you got Quez. So I I actually remember, and you were uh, you were obviously down in Miami, but he was in Jacksonville. Remember Minshew Magic? I do. I, do. Uh, 
I remember it came to a skid because I had a Thursday night football game. It was Miami and Jacksonville, and that was Fitz magic when Fitz had the big game. Oh, man. Uh, all the beards, all the facial hairs, right. all the madness. <laughs> but, he, but he certainly was serviceable as a quarterback. Now, he missed Wednesday's practice because of Mike Leach's funeral. But, yeah, I mean, I think these guys, it's, it's interesting because I had reached out to Jacksonville when I think it was Urban Meyer was there, and he wanted out. When, and it had nothing to do with Trevor Lawrence, but he wanted out. And that's when the Cowboys were looking for a backup quarterback. And I started making calls saying, hey, Gardner Minch, this was last year. And I remember saying, you know, Gardner Minch would be a hell of a backup if he was here in Dallas. And I was told, wanted to play in Philly. Like, he chose Philly. So there was, like, a love affair that he had with Philly hmm. and wanted to play there. So I thought that was interesting. Ties to Philly? I don't know. Does he? I, th- I want to say I, re- I could be making that up, but I want to say that I read it somewhere that his dad has some kind of – you know, look it up. Well, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I, what did I tell you guys ahead of this Jacksonville game? I said they were better than their record. Yeah. And we looked at some of the games they played. My biggest concern about this Cowboys team right now is 1,000% the play of the corners. And I went up to Jordan Lewis and I asked Anthony Brown about it. And he just kept talking. The eye discipline. And I don't know if we're going to see Kelvin Joseph back in there again. I don't know about you, Aisha. I'd sort of seen enough. Yeah, I mean. So is it Sean right? <laughs> I with the cornerback two position, at this point, I just want a gentleman that's serviceable. Uh, <laughs> so what do you do? Do you? We talked about this before the show. Deron Bland. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, we've seen – actually, if you watch within the game, they've moved. In mm-hmm. some packages, he is out there. In some packages, he's at safety. Um, so he has the capability, and he's also put on tape at the nickel that he is not afraid to take the ball away. And right now you just need the threat because the big play is what's killing you. Like the big plays over the top, honestly, are what's killing you. We could talk about the run defense. We could talk about the short intermediate stuff. Um, The defense typically shores up that stuff. It's that big play that's killing you. And also you have – you're starting to go against quarterbacks that are not afraid to just go at the matchup. And that's something that Philly does well specifically. They will find where you're weak and they will go at it. So I'm interested in seeing possibly Deron Bland on the outside because there's some trust there and you got to have a lot of trust to play that position. And maybe one of those veteran gentlemen like an Alexander who has the experience and has played in the nickel because it's a lot of communication. It's a lot of stuff you have to do there. Um, You might get some some better play there and just it to be adequate. Just at this point – I think Deron Bland and uh, Trayvon Diggs can hold it down. You just need someone to be serviceable or not a liability at this point um, in pass coverage because those TDs were killer. Well, it was funny because I asked uh, Jordan Lewis about A.J. Brown and because I said, how much is it killing you not being able to play in this one? He's like, absolutely. He says the problem with A.J. Brown is he's like, whether he's open or not, he's going to catch the ball. Something the Cowboys, I think, wish that they had. Mm-hmm. But I think that's what is concerning for Dallas moving forward. I don't care who's throwing the football. Mm-hmm. The point is who they're throwing it to A.J. Brown. And yeah. I think that is going to be a big issue for this team if we looked at some of the receivers that were having the sort of success that they had uh, against uh Cowboys in Jacksonville. Yeah, in fairness, though, I freaking mean, Texans too. The Cowboys, um, <laughs> the Cowboys defended AJ Brown particularly. I thought they did pretty well. The times where Diggs was matched up on him, I think he only had one target, um, one catch for one target last game. So we'll see what, how they decide to use him. Like you said, the biggest problem is Devonte Smith, and they're getting um, um, 
Dallas Goddard back, oh, which is important. It's, yeah. it's going to be important for what they do. They do a lot yeah. of screens. They do a lot of quick stuff just to get their guys in space and make opportunity. And when you have the sky was once number two on their roster yeah, in receiving. Yeah. So and when you have and a young guy is, coming back, well. I just to your point, he's missed five games and he is still third in receiving <laughs> touchdowns yeah. and he yes. is third in receiving yards. Good so yep. just that's what I'm saying. Yeah. You could literally put anyone in there at quarterback, and I still think some of their offensive weapons, their offensive line, their are going to be a challenge. Not to mention that you've got Micah <laughs> Parsons, who's dealing with an illness this week, even though we've seen him play uh, through entry before. But now Leighton Vanderesh isn't a mm-hmm. part of this either, and so. Yeah, I mean, I think stopping the run, uh, stopping the passing game, I think the Cowboys are up against it. It's like, so when I see all these people saying, you know, Cowboys have the edge in this one, I'm like, how? Well, I want to be fair. Because Does Vegas know something I don't? Well, the <laughs> Cowboys still are ranked. I mean, and when you're talking about passing defenses, uh, I think the Cowboys, the Eagles are first and the Cowboys are still third against the mm-hmm. pass. So there's... Again, there's st- the the matchups are still going to be. When you look at this team on paper, these teams on paper, quite honestly, they are close in a lot of areas. The biggest the biggest difference to me um, that you see is uh, the rushing defense, I guess. And then the Cowboys are twenty tied for twenty fourth, and, and Philly's nineteenth. And you yeah, watched- to your point, there's not a massive discrepancy. Like yeah. I'm sitting here, I'm looking, mm-hmm. you know, at them. Um, I think it's just the way. The Cowboys have played some of these teams, particularly as of late. Yeah, it feels big. It feels big. They haven't won. Big. They haven't lost back-to-back games this year, which is incredible. And yeah. I think Mike McCarthy was asked about that today, and, and he went back to that old reliable word they've used all season: the is resilience. Word. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> because they've had some tough ones. Uh, you know, close the, calls. The Tampa one, I think everyone sort of got right. You didn't have Tyron Smith. It's Tom Brady. Uh, then we look at the Eagles' loss. They had Cooper Rush. Okay. But for me, the Green Bay one was tough. It was tough. That was, a t- that was a tough one because of all the injuries that Green Bay had, right? And then that one, remember who wasn't playing in that one in the secondary? Anthony Brown. Barnacles. Mm. I think people don't give Anthony Brown enough credit. I used to not give him enough credit. Um, and then when we look at the Jacksonville game, I mean, the ca- I think what was killer for a lot of people is the way they lost a 17-point lead. The way they came back yeah. in the second half and started targeting Kelvin Joseph, I mean, those guys went to their – their tablets and said, this is where we're going. And, and they made the Cowboys pay. Yeah. What I can appreciate too is J. Ron Curse in the locker room yesterday talked about if our offense is putting up 34 points, we should win comfortably. But, you know, you look back at that 17 point lead. What happened after that was the Cowboys defense allowed three straight drives of Jacksonville scoring. And mm-hmm. that's, that's difficult. I mean, when you have... You can't over... It, it ruins momentum. Do it does. And so, you know, going back to what you said about Dallas Goddard, that also changes things up for the Cowboys this week because it adds a sense of versatility to this Eagles offense that they necessarily weren't lacking um, these last five weeks, but it helps them elevate even more They just with got him. better. And yeah. it's... Now it's, it's going to be a question, though, good. are they yeah. going to rest some of their starters? Like... I think the big question I think a lot of people have is when we started hearing that they might rest some starters ahead of this one or that Jalen Hurts wasn't playing, I think there was some concern it sort of lost its luster. Like NFL Network, we've got it as like our game of the week for total access. Uh, I don't think it's lost their luster. And I think the reason why you play all your guys is the Eagles lock it all up with a win. Yeah, they still uh, the Cowboys. Lock it up, though. This is so crazy for those listening. The Cowboys could still win the NFC East, and here's how. Mm-hmm. So the the Eagles still have to play, obviously, here at Dallas, but then they have two home games left, New Orleans and the Giants. I think it's pretty safe to say they'd win both of those, right? 
They um, should. We don't know yet. They they should, but yeah. Cowboys have to travel to Tennessee, and they have to travel to uh, Washington. To Washington. Yes. And Washington, for me, is always a bit of a spoiler for the Cowboys. And Tennessee, even though they got a new quarterback, Ryan, uh, subbing in for Ryan Tannehill, maybe he's better. So I think the Cowboys need this win moving forward. But if the Cowboys went out and the Eagles lose out, the Cowboys win the second tiebreaker, which is the best division in, in the uh, the division. And I think if they get a loss in the 49ers and a loss in the Vikings, they could get a number one seed. I, I also just think, think this game comes down to, like, grit at this point. Yeah. Because, I mean, and, and I love, like, all of the points that are being brought up. You know, the Eagles are going to bring this. The Cowboys are going to bring this. This is the type of game where, respectfully, like, none of that matters to a degree because it's a rivalry game. You know what I mean? So everything is amplified. This one, to me, is everyone's banged up. Everyone's hurt. We're at that point of the season where December football is such a big deal. The team, to me, that comes out on top, and this is just, like, the athlete in me speaking, this is, like, who wants it more? Mm-hmm. And it sounds so cheesy to think. You obviously have to consider, you know, the, the pieces coming back, the defense and who's matching up who. But at the end of the day, like, this is... What the heck is... Is that my computer? computer on. <laughs> is oh, that yours? No, it's not mine. <laughs> it was oh, mine. <laughs> all right. But regardless, I just think that a lot of this is going to come down to, you know, the X's and O's are going to be important, but I think the execution for me really gets determined by who is going to show up in those big moments. Okay, but Haley, to your point, they could have easily locked up. Now, they got, they got help to get into the playoffs, but they needed that win against Jacksonville, which sure. was what a five and eight team. Even though I said they were better than their record, and they didn't get it done. Well, they didn't get it what, done on Sunday, and I'm not. I'm not trying to give anybody yeah, any excuses. I think my I think my concern with this team is how hard they they tend to make it on themselves. And when you talk about who wants it more, it's like I think that I think 75 percent of this roster wants it. Mm-hmm. And then I think because you hear guys talking about it throughout the year, like if you read between the tw- the tea leaves. I think some of these guys call out some of these guys for maybe not spending enough time in the playbook. Who was it? At? I won't say who the player was, but I was asking about some of the defensive play, and they said it's easy to get caught up in. You think you're good. You don't need to look at the film as much, and then you just you're relying on what you think is your raw talent, and that doesn't work in the NFL. I also well, think, I think too, like it. injuries aren't helping them right now. Too right. the the statute of injuries because you had Jonathan Hankins who came in and the run defense was was patched up I wouldn't say it was perfect but it was definitely better and then LVE who silently came out with this breakout year since really his rookie season you look at all of that and you can't help those things like injuries you can't help but you can't but you got to have these younger guys stepping up I was about to say but when your number is called you have to be ready to go you have to execute and I think Aisha she said this the other week and it's stuck in my head it comes down to execution at this point and it's who wants it more but who's going to execute the entire the entirety of the game not just the first half Mm. not just the last drive of the game but who's going to execute for this full football game every 70 snaps played because that's what we have not seen from this Cowboys team. You haven't seen a fully executed game. But you did. It was against the Vikings. It was against the Vikings. But when it, And that's my point. That's right. what I'm saying is I'm not saying discount all of the prep and all the X's and O's and all of the, the tangibles that are in this one. You obviously have to look at that kind of stuff. But this is a game that we have been talking about in and out since the first matchup. And even before that, we were talking about how the season was going to come down to this game right here. And so 
yes, the injuries are a big deal. Like they are depleted in so many different places. And a lot of these guys are asked to do a lot more than what they have probably were expected to do. And I, that's where I think that extra gear comes of, do we want to win this game? Are we going to put in the work to, you know, have that success on Saturday? Or are we going to rely on, oh, well, like, this is what we bring to the table, to your point. Yeah. Well, yeah, so you, that's kind of what I was trying to say. Well, I was very happy that you, you brought up, like, the injuries that have happened because they are key injuries. And this is something that happens at this time of year. But good coaches and good teams find consistency when there is none. And I'm waiting for especially DQ because he has taken that side of the ball has taken the brunt of losses. I mean, you have missed you've lost three starters in the last three weeks on every level. Mm -hmm. And so for me, for this game, I, I agree with you. It's going to be who wants it more. But also too, the confidence that could come from this game adjusting to I have three start key starters on this side of the ball out like where I'm waiting to see on the defensive side for them to adjust to what they have and then go forward because you can't keep doing the same things or you may have to change how you're doing things because of where guys are right now. Look, I mean, the offense needed the defense to bail them out because they had three key starters and, and more and out at different points. You know, so no Tyron Smith, no Dak Prescott, but Dalton the, Schultz was injured, Michael Gallup wasn't there for a bit. So they've been able to overcome it, but I think it goes back to playing complimentary football mm -hmm. and not just 75% of the team wanting this thing, but 100%. And I think that's sort of been the – and I think this happens, especially, I mean, think about it, uh, with the added games – Mm -hmm. You know, I, oh, I yeah. it's it's challenging. And then what you, was it? Sixteen games now or seventeen? You game can seasons? even go back to a lot of these guys didn't get a snap in preseason. So yeah. you know that that argument can come full forward again. But what I really liked about Dak um, talking today was he talked about. Um, I wrote this down a quote. Dak's just full of great quotes. So when he's talking, I'm like typing um, as fast as I can. But he said it's about making a statement to themselves during this exactly. game. And I couldn't have worded it better. I mean, coming from Dak, I think. They got knocked down. All right. Are you going to get up? Are you going to keep talking? Are you going to do it? Because at this point, it's it's execution. It's an execution thing. And they just have to step up and do it when their number is called. And you spoke on the 75%. Hey, we talk about all three facets over here. Special teams as well. Like yeah. the special teams play in the last three weeks has put you put your offense in spots to where they have to go long drives mm -hmm. or they have to do all this and this is a trickle down effect again from you some of the guys that block on special teams you got them playing corner now like they're having to that's chime true. in other places so mm -hmm. you're missing some of your gunners and your blockers so that's affecting returns that's affecting your field position so also, if we're going to talk about offense, defense, it's definitely on Bones Fossil to kind of try to figure out how to get some productive yardage on these returns and put your offense a better in better position to go make plays. Because even last week, that was a 98-yard drive. Well, I've got to also uh, raise my hand and take a little accountability here because um, a few weeks ago, I made the mistake of talking to Kevontae Turpin. No, you and ever that. since then, Kevontae <laughs> no, Turpin has had a tough go of it. And I said I to like, Kevontae, is this about to be a confessional no. yeah, right exactly. now? Like, like, can we do I, Even I, just I, the whispering tone. I went up to Cavante and I said, <laughs> I don't think I'm going to be talking to you for the rest of the season. I own this because that was the Texans game when he had the uh, the muffed punt. muffed punt. And uh, 
Yeah, I I don't think it's it's hurt his confidence, and he was it hasn't. I talked was, to him today. He was he it was hasn't. great, but yeah, I think I'm going to be staying away from sweet Cavante <laughs> Turpin the rest of the season. Sweet I want to apologize to Cowboy fans <laughs> and Cavante. You know Use this opportunity. I'm actually glad you brought up Cavante Turpin because of course we know I check on Cavante every week since he got here. I will go to the locker room. How are you feeling this week? Is this the week you taking it back? Like we talk about this every week. So I didn't see him last week, and I was waiting in the locker room to see if I would, and didn't end up seeing him. So I was like, hey. I was waiting for you last week. I didn't get to ask, how are you feeling this week? And he's like, I'm good. I'm good. Rolled off my shoulders. I'm good. And I said, how is your confidence level? And if anything, he said it kind of brought him back down a little bit, which he needed. So it was, it's, it's always interesting to hear now being in, in this position and then seeing kind of the fan perspective on Twitter, just how these mindsets of me personally has shifted throughout the course of this season from fan and, you know, going to the games as fan to really seeing it from a different side of things, even talking to these guys. And it was just, it was interesting because I just asked him, you know, um, well, welcome to the Cowboys, right? Like a lot of scrutiny. And he said, <laughs> he said, yeah, but just can't let it bother me. So he's not, he's not bothered by it, but what I will say from what I've gathered to talking to him these last few weeks is he's the kind of person that belongs in this locker room. He takes accountability and he works to make it better. And so it is, I that, love that you've I seen really that because so. trust me, I, I joked, I, I called it hashtag Cowboys dad. The, the text messages that I get from my father so funny. amaze me. Oh, and yeah. and I, I kind of laugh to you because every time when I first started out in the business, People would say, why is she, you know, covering the sport? She doesn't understand football. And then I listen, like I said, these talking heads like LaShawn McCoy. And I'm like, look, there are layers to everything. Like, yep, you know, yeah. what is it? There's two sides. There's actually three sides of the story. There's this side, Yours, that side, and then there's, the, then there's the, truth. the truth that's somewhere in the middle. That's why I always appreciate being on, be able to go, go in the locker room because instead of having an opinion on something, I actually get an understanding of something. Yeah. And so when people are like, oh, you're – a DAC apologist or you're this or that. It's like, no, I actually go in there and ask the questions that a lot of people on Twitter, it's emotional responses. Mm -hmm. So there are layers to this thing. Yeah, the interceptions for DAC have been an issue. Yes, the entry bug has been a problem for this team. Yes, sometimes they tend to make this thing a lot harder on themselves than it needs to be. But we'll see if they can pull this off. And I think a win over the Eagles, regardless of whether it's Gardner or Jalen, I still tend to think it's going to be Jalen, but we'll see. Uh, I think will be big for the Cowboys moving forward and uh, still give them a little bit of an opportunity. But even as Zeke said today, look, they're not celebrating the playoffs because they've been to the playoffs since he's been here, and they've also lost in the opening round. And I think that's what a lot of Cowboy fans have come to know and uh, expect. All right, we'll, uh, we've got a little bit of extra time here on the other side of our th- second and final break. We'll give you a couple of playmakers to keep an eye on as we talk about this big game on Saturday, not Sunday. That took me a little bit to get used to this week. It's Girls Talk, Boys Talk, brought to you by Jigsaw Dating, the official dating app of the Dallas Cowboys. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation so you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today. Dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. All right, Pepsi-loving football fans, it's time we had a lesson in trash talk. And I'm not talking about that stuff that happens on the field. What I'm talking about is trash, and it's the only thing that belongs in your garbage can. 
No, recycling might not be as thrilling as converting a fourth and long, but next time you're thinking about throwing that Pepsi Zero Sugar bottle away, just cap it back up and pretend you're down by six with the recycling bin wide open. <sighs> know the difference? Make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit PepsiTrashTalk.com to learn more. It's Smoothie King's original angel food and new angel food slim without added sugar. You no longer have to choose between treating yourself and hitting your goals this summer. You don't have to choose between great taste and feeling great. Because at Smoothie King, every blend is made with whole fruits and no syrups. So you can satisfy your cravings without compromise. The only choice you will need to make is which one is best for you. Try our classic angel food or the new angel food slim, blended without added sugar. Smoothie King, rule the day. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, brought to you by Jigsaw Dating, the official dating app of the Dallas Cowboys. But first, Jess. Dak Prescott is this year's Cowboys nominee for the 2022 Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year Award presented by Nationwide, recognizing NFL players for outstanding community service off the field and excellence on the field. Help Dak earn a $25,000 donation to his Faith Fight Finish Foundation by voting on Twitter. Tweet or retweet hashtag WPMOYChallenge, followed by Dak Prescott. Scott through January 8th and go vote Dak. All right, look, this is a big one this weekend. Dallas is in its uh, first consecutive playoff appearance since 2006-2007. As the guys talked about today, though, a little bit hard to celebrate it given the loss that they had on the road uh, to Jacksonville, which I still submit is a very, very good team. And Trevor Lawrence is really finding his stride. That's going to be a dangerous team if they can get in the playoffs. Uh, Last time the Eagles were the one seed and they went 13 and three during the uh, season. They won the Super Bowl back in 2017. All right. But in order to even talk playoffs and Super Bowl, at least on the Cowboys side, we need to address some of the injuries. So we got the injury report. You want to give that one to me, Haley? Yeah. So the Cowboys pretty positive. It's the same as yesterday, literally copy and paste. So the only real concern, I use that word lightly, Micah Parsons was out again with an illness. Uh, Mike kind of talked to us a little bit about that today. It's just a bug circling around. So uh, something to pay attention to, but all the other guys still limited that we talked about yesterday. I did get a chance to talk to Jake a little bit in the locker room. Uh, He was in a hurry to go do um, some treatment stuff. But I said, how are you feeling? And he said, much better. So love that from Jake. Don't know if we'll see him yet. Mike said that he was still working through the concussion protocol. So we'll see how that progresses. But something interesting with the Eagles is that half, if not more than half, of their injury report is resting. So you've got guys like James Bradbury, the corner, is non-injury resting. A.J. Brown, same thing. Fletcher Cox, Landon Dickerson, uh, Brandon Graham, Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Josh Sweat. So a lot of these guys are were limited today or did not practice because they are resting. So Look, Mike McCarthy's been doing this all season <laughs> with a lot of guys. So right. I don't know Just, why you're sitting there like looking icy, giving me the eyes. I don't know what's so tricky about that. What day do they travel? 
What day do they what travel? Do, what day will they travel here? Friday? Friday. Yeah. yeah. So 11 have... guys on this report are resting yeah. out of 17. But all of them are veterans. Yeah. So I think yeah. giving them a veteran rest day before, yeah. I, I'm not reading too much into that. Yeah. One. I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm just saying that it's, it's, I think to me, it's clear that that Chicago game was, was a little just, bit more physical up. than, yeah. you know, it dinged him up. Yeah. So give those guys the rest that. And Jalen Hurts didn't participate yeah. today either. So That's not shocking, but dumping out our reporter notebook here a little bit. Uh, here's something interesting because I know keep, people keep wondering, jumping off of that, Jalen Hurts or Gardner Minshew. Jalen Hurts or Gardner Minshew. Uh, they have similar passing production in their career. What? Uh, <laughs> when we back to when we talk, said. yeah, when we talk about their completion percentage, Jalen Hurts sixty two point six, Gardner Minshew sixty two point seven. Passing yards uh, attempts seven point six for Hurts, six point nine for Minshew. Passing touchdowns to interceptions, 43 and 17, 37 and 10 for Minshew. And their passer rating is both 93.8. Now, Hurts, like we talked about earlier, um, so dangerous on his feet. 26 career rushing touchdowns. Minshew only won. It'd been, I think it, if Jalen Hurts plays and he uses his feet this week, let's say because he is struggling with that uh, shoulder, that would be a very dangerous week to do it given hmm. – this is situation that they've got now with no Jonathan Hankins, no Leighton Van Der Esch, and then what do you do with Micah Parsons, and is he going to be feeling better by Saturday? So I think that, to me, is like the big question mark. If I'm the Eagles, I'm like, ah, let's stress you out, Jalen. Maybe we alternate not dissimilar from what the Houston Texans did. We've got both of you guys in here playing, but we're getting Jalen some reps in here, letting him be deadly, getting Gardner some opportunities, which, by the way, remember when the Eagles had Nick Foles and Carson Wentz? Not bad to have two quarterbacks that can play for you. What if they came out and did that, guys? I think it's dangerous. I think it's dangerous um, in regard to him dealing with a shoulder and his throwing arm because it's not even just him throwing the ball. It's him getting tackled, just the act of tackling him in general like because that's what happened to him. Like He got tackled, went to the ground. I wouldn't want him to be getting knocked out. You may not hit. want him to, but no, as I no. talked to guys I in the locker room, they said, if I'm Jalen, I'm playing. Like, I when you're say. a competitive guy, yeah. I, you are playing. And that sounds fine and dandy, but and even okay. Nick Sirianni kept the door open a little bit today. Jalen yeah, did too. Yeah, they're going to do that. Yeah, Jalen did too. And I, I and I I say this half joking, but I was just kind of scrolling. I was rewatching the last game and then I was on Twitter. Oh, this picture of Mike Leach that I was just showing Aisha all <laughs> big on my screen. Um, but I was watching a video earlier of after the injury happened and the the caption literally said Jalen Hurts did this after he sprained his shoulder and he yanked the ball down to who else but AJ Brown. And so mm. I just feel like again, like I'm just tapping into my like athlete experience here. Like because if because going back though, Haley, if they just win this game, they have eliminated Cowboys from winning the NFC East, and then you rest. That's, and then and you that's rest. what I was going to say. That's what I would do if when, I was the Eagles. Yeah, when you're when you're a competitor, the way these guys are, specifically Jalen Hurts, there's a level of yeah, it hurts, but. You know what I mean? No like it's, I was going to exactly. say hurts. Yeah. And so it, it, to it's, me, if Jalen on Tuesday is saying that there's a possibility that I can play, whether I like it, you like it, you like it, whatever, then that's your starting quarterback. Mm -hmm. And it's it's like what Mike says all the time, you know, at the, at the end of the day, LOL. <laughs> um, but 
Think about Zeke, how you many can, times that's Zeke That's exactly what like, I was going to say. You can tell these guys and you can suggest to them what they should and shouldn't do, but the reality is is that they're grown men, and if Jalen wants to play, then he's going to spend all this week not practicing. He's going to pop out and practice, you know, one day before they leave, go through the walkthrough. They're going to shoot him up with the cortisone shot, and he's going to get out there and play because the unfortunate, and I'm not saying that I necessarily condone this or support it or whatever, but the unfortunate part of this business is that their job is to be athletes. And if they feel so inclined to put their body on the line in a game that would essentially put the NFC to bed, bed, then to your point, yeah, I think the door is open for Jalen to play. I don't know. I'm so back and forth on this because I look at how Mike McCarthy has handled injuries this season of saying like, hey, you know, physically you're ready, mentally. I... I just think for the long-term thing, I always sit on this hill of a long-term situation. It could go both ways. Long-term, do you want to seal the NFC East, move on? Yes, but also long-term, you're talking a playoff run. And this team has potential. The Eagles, as much as I hate to admit it, this hurts me to say, the Eagles have potential to make a very deep playoff yeah, run, and you have can, to think that. But then they, they can sit in for three weeks because they'll get the first round by, and then they've got two games left on the season. And I then, was going to say, I played in, our, in my very last regular season game in college with a – Swollen bum ankle scored, and we went to the postseason. And then I rested for a little bit. I thought you were so. going to say swollen bum. I was like, whoa. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> okay, like, okay. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying, like, I just think it, the competitor side of you comes out, and it, yeah. it goes back to what I was saying earlier with this is a game that it, the, the emotions are so invested, the rivalry is so invested. This is a game where if you have, I would say, a 40% chance of playing, to play. you're going to play. Yeah. You're going to play. So we'll see how he progresses. Like you said, he didn't practice today. I don't think he'll practice tomorrow. Maybe he hops out in the walkout before they fly out here. I, so I'm i with you. I would not be surprised. I just keep going back to the Houston Texans tomfoolery. And if you're looking at other teams, you're like, eh. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. So you prepare for both. You, prepare, you follow the path. Of the practice. There you go. (laughs) All right, ladies. Well, tomorrow it's Kelsey Charles. Uh, I know you guys are going to get to uh, break down this game a little bit more. If you didn't get enough news and notes uh, ahead of Philly, and maybe we'll have a little bit of a clearer picture as to who that starting quarterback is going to be, but definitely a fun one. And um, I'll have all of your coverage on Saturday, Christmas Eve, on NFL Network. Thanks for tuning in. See you tomorrow. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!